Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome home. Hey guys, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Breathe Life Podcast. So today we're talking about how visualization can hinder your progress. Yeah, you heard that correctly, how it can hinder um, your progress. Now, I'm one of those individuals who I put a high prioritization on visualization. So when I came across um, certain results from um, a recent study that was done on the hindrance that could actually come from visualization, I was automatically intrigued. And by being intrigued, I want to share it with you guys um, at home. So we obviously understand that being and optimizing the very most or the very best out of your life is very much an intentional decision. And one of the most important things to keep in mind when it comes to making sure that your mindset is improving in steps and strides that you want your life to follow suit is being intentional about what we consume. That's from the media, from the newspapers to the conversations that we're having. And nothing is more important than good in, good out, especially when it comes to optimizing your nutrition. Me personally, I rely heavily on this brand called Raw Juice here in Miami, Florida. Um, And they're a home-based, all organic juice company and now they're actually shifting worldwide they've been a huge supporter and sponsor for the work that we're doing and what we're trying to create for over a year now so i'm excited to have them um, join me on this journey on the podcast so check them out when you get a chance rawjuice.com um they're they're dope they're the best now where i figured we would start today is something that showed up for me in a recent journal entry I was having conversations with a multitude of just different clients, um, different backgrounds, different goals, different parts within their journey where we are right now. And what kept showing up is something that I thought about. So when I was in the eighth grade, when I was in eighth grade, I was called to do this project within a group. And the day that we were given these assignments, the teacher put us in groups of like six or six or eight, I can't remember. And on that day, each person that belonged to the group was naturally assigned a certain part of the project to do. And I remember just kind of like being more so not really engaged, not really engaged with the with the with the conversation or the material that we were going over. Um, I don't even know if I was a fan necessarily of the teacher. So I just got, you know, I checked out like most students do, or at least my experience with most students around that time, you just check out a little bit. So I check out and days go by, days go by. And it happens to be, or happens to come upon the day that the project was due. Now, the way that the project was due wasn't necessarily, hey, you guys go home, contribute to your groups in your own way, and then bring it together and then present it to the class. No, it was understand, do your research, understand what's required from you as it relates to the project that 
you guys are going to get scored on, but we're going to make sure that we spend the day that you're going to submit them. We're going to spend that day in class coming together and everyone sharing and everyone contributing. So essentially you're constructing the project in class on the final day. So I remember pulling up, being somewhat apprehensive, um, wasn't too worried because I figured I could kind of like finagle my way through showing up and putting as much effort as I could, given the fact that I haven't done a lot of planning. Again, it would being six or eight people in the group, I just figured we would figure it out. And I remember there was a moment where I felt unprepared. More importantly, you know, I felt like I didn't necessarily, my ego wouldn't allow me to ask people in my group or to acknowledge with the people in my group that I didn't know necessarily what I was supposed to do or that I wasn't as aware of what I could, could be contributing, contributing to the progress or to the project at the moment. So I remember just sitting there and being in this, in this, in this space between feeling unprepared, but also being feeling someone embarrassed to have to ask someone else what I'm supposed to be doing. So for a long time, or for most of the majority of the class, I'm just sitting there, just kind of like overlooking everyone else's progress. And I'm kind of acting like I'm doing things, but I'm not really doing anything. And then towards the end of the assignment, I think one of the kids or one of the guys in my group, girls in my group, caught on to the fact that I wasn't really doing whatever it was I was supposed to do. And they obviously, they assisted me in, in doing that so that we could get a passing grade and we did. But the reason why I bring up that story is because I think in a lot of ways, it, it reflects the quality of the relationships that I've personally have experienced, not just intimate relationships, but coaching player relationship, friend, friend relationship, colleague, um, work, um, boss relationship. I think at all, at every point throughout the journey of our relationships, I think the responsibility or the, pro the process to us being a part of this world is going through certain challenges that sometimes encourage us to grow and to expand and to find areas that we want to improve and things that we want to do better in our lives. And sometimes that comes in the form of a person being challenging. It comes in this, in, 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 it comes through the source of an experience being somewhat traumatic or, or challenging. But the challenging, or what I find the hardest thing is to determine when a relationship, when a, a conflict, when some resistance with this one particular person has run its course, or or knowing when that relationship or that experience is still serving you from the standpoint of how can I look at this for an opportunity to grow? What's my shit and what's your shit? So I, just like when I was in that group back in the eighth grade, I wasn't necessarily clear about what mine, what's what was mine for me to work on. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And I think that whether it's the relationship I have with the people in my community, my employers, my clients, my wife even, my mom, there's so many different relationships that we all have. And I think at different points throughout our lives, these relationships sometimes bring conflict and resistance. And I think whereas my normal or my predetermined way of working through those relationships when they brought about that challenge based off of my experiences and what I took on was that you just dissolve the relationship, all right? Well, this relationship is no longer serving me in all forms, whether it be, again, whether it be a colleague, whether it be a friend, whether it be an intimate relationship, whether it be an employer, whether it be a job that you're at, whatever it was that you were experiencing, you know, as soon as it started showing up consistently in that form of resistance, instead of seeing it as something that was challenging my growth, seeing it as something that I could potentially start to look at doing differently or maybe even evolving beyond, I often um, equated it to being the project is no longer worth completing. And I realized that 
although that was a large part of my identity for a long time, that there's still a lot of people in this world, there's still majority of us who still operate from that, from that shared belief. So I think what we have to understand is take into account two things. There's two things that contribute how you will see that experience and whether or not you look at it or view it through the lens of it no longer serving a purpose or it's serving a growth opportunity for me to kind of expand in this challenge, through this challenge, um, until it no longer serves me. And I have the kind of relationship with my life where I think that I've been in situations where I knew and it was super clear, there wasn't any hesitation, I knew what decision I needed to be made or needed to be made. But I think a lot of times it's that limbo. I think a lot of times it's, do I stay in this relationship? Do I stay in this job? Do I, do I stay in this challenging um, friendship that as I'm evolving, I'm feeling as if this person isn't evolving in the same pace or the same manner, right? When, when enough is enough? When is there clarity to know to move forward? And what I've come to understand is that until I get that clarity, I choose to look at every one of these situations as opportunities for me to expand my growth and get better so that every year, every day, every week, hopefully I'm evolving closer and closer to the Fahim um, that I was created to become and grow into. So I want you to understand two things when it comes to those relationships or those challenges or those experiences is that the first thing is the experiences we encounter throughout our lives, especially early on, dictate the lens in a lot of ways with how we view conflict, how we view relationships, how we view resistance, how we view challenge. Right. So what were some of those predetermined or pre yeah, pre-exposed beliefs that you brought on? Start exploring who you were hanging around with. Start exploring what was what was said to you. Start exploring the, the majority of the people within your environment, whether it be your mom, your if you were raised by your grandmother, or your uncles. What were some of their relationship? What were some of their experiences when met with challenge and hardship? Were you surrounded like more so in my experience where a lot of it was you know, cut bait and run the opposite direction. So that w that became a part of my belief, that became a part of my identity. When you run into moments of resistance, not just relationships, you cut bait and you try to find a new, you start over somewhere else with someone else. And then B, um, what we have to understand is that either you have a strong conviction on the belief that who you are in this world, in a lot of ways is evolved through challenge, is evolved through resistance, is evolved through hardship, or you don't. I choose to look at my life through a, a growth lens, not a fixed lens. And what I mean by that is I think that any time that I find myself in these challenging moments where I feel like I'm being stretched, where I feel flooded or where I feel expanded at my bandwidth, I choose to look at it from an opportunity of, until it's clear that I shall not, until it's crystal clear that the relationship, the space, the experience is no longer serving me, I choose to operate from a place of where's the growth to be found here. So what you have to predetermine ahead of time is where do you fall along the lines of that understanding? Are you one at home listening to this in your car, wherever you are, are you a person that usually meets those moments of resistance and challenges as a way of expanding who you are and how you're responding to things, right? Because the outcome is always dictated by the event, but how you respond to that event, which then dictates the outcome. Are you the kind of person that sees these moments as, okay, this is an opportunity for Fahim to get better, even in absence of this relationship, when it's no longer, when it dissolves, if that's what the universe has intended for it, or is that what you and this partner decides, are you still using the resistance or the conflict that's showing up in this space as an opportunity for you to become a better person, a better Fahim, a better version of yourself? Because even if it doesn't serve you in this relationship, it'll serve you moving forward. And that same thing with that job that you, that you 
no longer that no longer serves you. Instead of spending your hours and your days complaining about it and bending about it to anyone that's willing to hold space for you, right? Are you using that same amount of energy constructively to figure out, okay, well, what are certain lessons that I can expand from this experience and be able to present more powerfully into that entrepreneurship that I want to step into or into that new role? So worth thinking about. So like I said at the beginning, so today, so I came across um, a piece of literature um, written by Ryan Holiday, who's just a rock star. It was in this book, um, The Ego is an Enemy, and I'm sure a lot of you have come across the text. And he said something, or I found something in the passage of the book that really kind of resonated with me, where he talked about how visualization could actually hinder your, your progress and your performance. And I'm a big believer in visual, visualization. You have to be able to see and envision um, where you want to go before you can head in that direction. Um, so when I came across what he had come across in his research, I was actually taken aback by it. But it really, as I started to spend more time with it, I, I began to understand it. And I felt like because it was such a, a, such a moment of clarity that it was only right for me to share with you guys. So in this literature, he says that research shows that while a goal of visualization is important, after a certain point, our minds begin to confuse it with actual progress. Actual progress, right? So like at some point that understanding or connecting emotionally to that vision that you have for yourself, that completion that you have in the forefront of your mind, at some point there's a shift that happens in our minds where our minds begin to be confused with the fact that, or with the reality of it actually being something that you're progressing towards. And I get that and I never really thought about it that way. For example, I knew that the idea wasn't to just see yourself living in a life and having the quality relationship or having the career or having the impact that you want. I understood that I was always clear and understood that it was more about just visualizing it. You actually want to embody those experiences. You want to emotionally, psychologically take yourself to such a space where you feel as if you've already completed that, you've already arrived at that place. So it removes that yearning for needing to or wanting to accomplish it because you've already arrived at that point. Now, I was always taught the belief that by shifting into that frequency, what you then begin to do is start becoming online to opportunities that could push you in that or pull you in that direction. Now, it doesn't mean that you no longer have to work or stride or develop the disciplines, the behaviors, the habits to execute it, but I felt it was more important to really, really be clothed in that embodiment emotionally of those experiences so much to the point where you no longer have that yearning to accomplish it because you truly, despite what you may be seeing on the external feedback, you truly feel as if you're embodying those experiences. And what he's saying is that in the research, what they've been able to find is that sometimes you can get so clear at that visualizing, so efficient at visualizing, that you in some ways hinder the progress. By removing that need or that desire to work towards it, in some ways you overlook the steps that'll help create those opportunities for you to create that reality for you and actually end up being counterproductive. And I thought that was I thought that was powerful, right? So for me, I was like, okay, well, huh? Is this something that's applicable to me? Is this something that I could kind of see value in? And I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, okay, I could see that. I could see I could see the truth behind that. I could connect to that. And I think that's why literature and that's why research is so important. It's not so that you could take everything hook, line, and sinker. Is that 
you digest it, take it in and see if it resonates. And if it resonates, explore more, do more research, but then use that to enrich yourself, to help your own, to help your growth, right? To help yourself along your journey. The second thing that he said that was brought up is that the same thing goes for verbalization. So it, it reads, talking out loud to ourselves while working through a difficult problem has been shown to significantly decrease insight and breakthrough. After spending so much time thinking, talking about the task, we start to feel that we've gotten closer to achieving it. So I'll say that again, talking out loud to ourselves while working through a difficult problem has often been shown to significantly decrease the insight and the breakthrough. Wow, and the reason why that's so wow for me is because you think about the importance of verbalization, right? Verbalizing your goal, verbalizing what it is that you wanna manifest is also a really, is a powerful driver for me. Like I've gotten away from it now, kind of like at this stage of my life where I need to verbalize everything. But I remember that I do have people in my life that I share um, the inner workings of what I envision for myself and for my life. I'm not one to verbalize it every day, but I do create an intention when I, when I do verbalize it for those people who hold that space for me in that way in my life. But to know that there's, a, there's an actual connection to the decreasing of insight and the ability to break through that challenge just by you increasing the frequency to how often you verbalize yourself or verbalize what it is that you want to create or do while in the process of working through that difficult moment or difficult situation or experience. For me, that was, again, that was a light bulb moment for me because although it's not something that I necessarily feel as if I connect to or I have a challenge with because that's not a part of my relationship with challenge or difficulty or, but I do have certain clients that definitely fall into that category so then you can kind of again use this information to see hey hey x does this relate to you hey y does this relate to you can you see how this could potentially be taking away from the insight and your ability to be able to persevere and break through that challenge are you over verbalizing yourself in that experience and then the last thing they say is worst thing the worst thing that happens from the outcome is that when you're so connected to over visualizing and verbalizing, what begins to happen is that you more, you more easily, apparently, you easy, more easily toss aside whatever it is that you're working towards whenever you're met with a moment of challenge or whenever you're met with immense difficulty. And the reason why you do that, the reason why you can more easily draw that or toss it to the side is because there's a part of you that are, has already accepted that feeling as if you've already given it your best try. You've already given this path or you've already given this goal everything that you could give it because of the amount of time that you spent process you spent in visualizing and verbalizing and the reality is in some cases that may be truth but more times than not if you're a person that's constantly understanding and carrying the weight of that visualization you're verbalizing it constantly what it's saying is that when things get worse when you're going through the natural growth elements of whatever it is that you're pursuing you can also be more easily committed to tossing it aside because you're, you may feel as if you've already arrived at, already have given it your best. So whether it's that relationship that you're in, whether that's the space in your career that you're in. And I felt like that for me, that was again, a light bulb moment because I think oftentimes you equate the verbalization, you create the visualization and it does, it takes a lot of energy and emotional and, and um, emotional, mental, spiritual even equity 
or energy to even produce those things. So I think so what ends up happening, whether you get a week down the road, two months down the road, two years down the road, you do feel like in a lot of ways that you've given so much to this outcome that, yeah, when you're running into those moments of resistance, I can see how if tremendous amount of your energy was placed into that process of visualization, as well as verbalizing that which you embodied or that which you're now standing in, clothed in, in that experience of what you're visualizing. I could see how when those moments of resistance or difficulty shows up, where you may feel as if you've already connected to going over and beyond already through the action steps, where in reality you may be crowding in more of what you believe you could have done or did do based off of your connection to that visualization and verbalization that makes any sense and i know it's a little i know it sounds a little bit confusing especially if you're coming from what i've been taught to believe or what i've learned and researched and read about visualization to even hear it in this context is somewhat confusing but it resonates with me you know they say that talking depletes us because talking and doing actually requires the same amount of resources so when you over talk, when you over, when you over communicate, spend so much time communicating that vision to anyone that's willing to listen to it, what ends up happening is they're saying that in some ways you're actually utilizing or you're actually expending some of the resources that you need for the actual doing process. So here's what I want you to be intentional about creating. And this is what worked for me. And this is something that I've always done prior to coming across this passage in that amazing piece of literature but it even, it's even more pronounced now that I have that information. The first thing you wanna do when it comes to, I believe in my, my, in my opinion, avoiding running into any of these hindering side effects of visualization, these are the three things that I think are important for you to keep in mind. The first thing you wanna do is create what I call a visualization vacuum. Visualization vacuum, which is where I take 10 to 15 minutes and I crowd in a high level of anything that inspires me. I think inspiration like motivation needs to be fed daily, right? You wouldn't brush your teeth just once a week. Motivation, inspiration works the same way. So for me, visualization is a huge process to why I'm motivated or why, why I continue to be inspired. So I create what I call a visualization vacuum and it lasts anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes. And in that moment, I'm lighting my favorite candle. I'm pulling out all the images of the things that I want to envision or visualize for myself. I'm putting out all the literatures without covers on them. And I'm envisioning that there are books that I've already written. Like I'm really being, I mean, the environment that I'm creating within that 10 to 15 minutes is hugely impactful to how I go about my day, but also what I create in my day. And I usually try to do that early part of my day. Um, but there's sometimes where I'm up so early that I have to kind of like circle back to it. So I've actually got, I've actually had, have it to the point now where I could take my visualization process with me wherever I go and create that vacuum in my car. If I'm outside of the facility or outside of my office, I could do it anywhere. So create and find elements to create your own visualization vacuum. The first thing is develop a telescope and mind scope, telescope and microscope mindset which means the telescope does what? You can see far away, right? You can see far into the distance. So you wanna make sure it's important to get clear about what those telescope goals are, but also understand the importance of the microscope, right? What does a microscope do? It allows you to see very, 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 very small details, some, even some details that are negative or that are avoid, that are, that are invisible to the naked eye, right? It allows you to get like 
like incredibly close to things. So I think for me, it's important to make sure that your telescope matches the frequency or matches the, the context of your microscope. So what are certain things that you can do, microscopic things that you can do, detailed things that you can do, action steps that you can do today that takes care of the telescope? What are certain things that you can be intentional about creating, reading, putting on your to-do list to do and accomplish? What are some of those things that you can focus 100% on today that ultimately compounds, consistency compounds, right? That, also, that ultimately compounds you into those telescope visions. So that that telescope is still a driver for you, but it doesn't become the focus. You don't become as easily fixated on that telescope. You instead utilize your energy and your resources towards, am I doing the microscopic things that I could be doing today? The third thing I always say, and it's so applicable, focus on the process. Focus on the process. I think we're constantly live and exist in an experience or in an environment that spends so much time thinking about the end goal. We praise the success of the champion. And chances are a lot of what it takes to become a champion is usually off screen, right? We don't see that. We don't see the hours that these people who we consider to be masters at their craft at what they do. We don't see the hours that they're put in. And a lot of times the celebrities that we take on and put so much value in, um, a lot of times not only has very little been required in order for them to develop that or to become that celebrity stardom that we're clothing on them or that we're pouring onto them or that those titles and, and that value that we're pouring into them. Not only is a lot of the, what got them there not a value, but we're constantly running into moments where, or situations where we're just so fixated on the outcome of what success looks like and we're not becoming intentional about the process of what we're becoming. So focus on the process. See if you can be as intentional as you can about creating a winning relationship, creating a, a valued relationship with who you're becoming on the process of what it is that you want to accomplish and achieve. Cheers. <laughs>